review of what the Alter had said until now. The Alter had said until now that he, he explained in an original way the famous Gemara which says that HaKadosh Baruch suspended the mountain of Sinai over the Jewish people like a gigis, like a barrel. Such a strange thing to suspend it over them like a barrel. So he suspended it over them like a mighty mountain. What's the din in the barrel? Says the Alter. Because what a barrel is, is it's hollow. So when you flip a barrel inside of a person, you don't squash him. You entrap him. So he's in the barrel. And he can walk around and he can sing and he can dance and he can live in the barrel. The only thing is, he can't get out of the barrel. He'll live there and he'll die there. So when HaKadosh Baruch presented the choice to Kali Yisrael and said, You can either choose to get out of the barrel or you can live within the barrel. Living within the barrel means living within the physical parameters of the world. When a person lives within the physical parameters of the world, that's where he dies and that's where he'll be buried. Whereas Torah begins when we shatter the physical shackles of our existence. And therefore, the altar says as follows. The generation that stood upon Har Sinai, and they were at the level of Adam, Marish, and Kredim, and they didn't experience the temptations of day-to-day life. They saw the barrel as a barrel. It wasn't Hashem coerced them into accepting the Torah. They understood the nature of life and they understood becoming involved in the pursuit of physical pleasures was a restriction. It was an entrapment. It was jumping into a barrel and living in an enclosed environment. It was jumping into the cage and locking the door. And therefore they understood that if they did that they would be in big trouble. But as a result the generation that lived thereafter, they didn't have the clarity of vision. How could they be held responsible for not for having that same devotion to Torah? It was almost as if the Torah was accepted at a point which was inappropriate for the rest of history. Until came along the generation of Mordechai and Esther, when they all they did was lived within the physical world and they indulged in the feast of a Hashverosh. They did nothing wrong it was kosher food but they fell prey to the temptations of the physical world and then there's a threat of destruction and annihilation and then from the point of being a fallen they grasped what it meant to be sucked into physical servitude and therefore when they accepted it in the time of the Chashverosh that was an ultimate acceptance of the Torah that's what the altar said as an explanation of the famous Gemara in Shabbos Peches Someone phoned me up last night and I thought the timing of it was beautiful. He said, Rebbe. I said, I'm not a Rebbe. He said, Scumbucket. I said, getting closer. He didn't. He said, uh, he said tell me. He says, I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I've just got a great job. He's a, he's a person who's he's a mentor. He's learning. I've just got a great job. Got a great job. I said, don't speak to me about jobs. I'm in the middle of the altar of Nevada. I'm not going to give you, not going to give you good answer. Not going to give you good answer. He said, I've got a great job, and I realize that the job's demanding. And if I can working at the rate I'm working, right now I feel bad that I'm I'm sl- I'm slacking off. But basically, my davening's gone down the drain, and I'm trying to cling on to my learning. The problem is, I've got three from bosses. And they laugh at me when I leave early for my chavosa. They say, grow up. None of them daven in a minion. And I'm looking to them and I'm seeing that's where I'm going to. And I know this is a critical moment. What should I do? So since I was in the ultimate Vardak phase, I said, are you off your head? 
give up the job what you're going to trade uh, an eternity for uh, a temporary career are you off yet so he said Rebbe Rebbe maybe you're the wrong person to be asking the question maybe I'll ask someone in South Africa <laughs> so, so I said ah so giving up the job is an option he said, no no giving up the job is an option so, so, so what do you do what do you do but I thought it was beautiful the timing so what did I say to him It's a reality, right? It's a reality. What do you do? What do you do? You're in the working world. It's full on. There's no, there's no, there's no break. There's no like, oh, I'll chill out and I'll take off some time to... In the, in the corporate world, Elliot, you know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. You know what it's like. You've been sold insurance once. <laughs> in the corporate world, it's ruthless. It's ruthless. You don't have time to think. You, you, you're on the job. You, you're... No, it's, it's hectic. It's hectic. So what do you do? So I think the only way to do it is he looked at his three from bosses and he saw that how they've been caught in it. But you don't have to get caught in it. So what I hope to do is set him up with other... There's a CEO of a company I told you about. I spoke to him today. He said he's given up his BlackBerry completely. He downgraded to a normal phone like this four weeks ago longer maybe six weeks ago he said he doesn't answer emails from his blackberry anyway he only answers from his computer so the only thing he uses blackberry for is phone and sms so he can do it just as well with this but why do you want a blackberry <laughs> the power i want the power because you've got blackberry in your hand you connect it you can have anything so just having it in your hand even if you never do anything with it having it in your hand you're already a much bigger person but you're not you're really much smaller because now your personality went into an electronic device so when it leaves you, it goes somewhere else. And when the electronic device dies, you die with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's downgraded, to, he's downgraded from a BlackBerry to a normal phone. He's doing Gavaldic. Another person I know, also, also he's a CEO of quite a few companies, he learns a good four hours a day. So I said, you see, it's not impossible. But of course, you have to be driven to do it. Of course, you have to be driven. It's not going to come easily. It's not going to come easily. You have to fight for it. So let's work out the tactical fighting. So I sat with him and we tried to work out how he's going to fight it. But if you go in there and you're not going in to fight, so when you have two people wrestling, even though the one is a better fighter, but if he's not trying to overcome his opponent, he will be vanquished. So that's what the altar says. The altar says over here, he says that the chances are if a person is sucked into their world, you no longer see you've been sucked into a world. You think you're free when you're in a cage. And he gives a series of different mashalim to it. He says it's like a chicken that has a string attached to its leg. And it runs around the yard thinking it's free. And the only time it realizes it's not free is when it tries to get out. And how come when we look at our tissues we don't feel that way? Look at your tissues. This is a beautiful beggar. The ultimate designer label. God. And it's quite impressive for a garment. No? Oh, imagine you say, the guy says, look, I haven't got a polo shirt. You say, well, I've got a godly shirt. <laughs> so you look, at, you, look, you, look at this, you look at this amazing garment. This garment was created by God, fashion designed, explicitly, explicitly for you. And you take the four corners. Four corners, what a strange way. You're going to say, I would expect a little more creativity from the master of all the universe to come up with that. More of an original garment, you know that? Like, great, I had the tassels were quite cool, but 
four corners is very limited like what a fashion statement you know what i'm saying has to be open not so practical what's it with the four corners you know have a diversity i'm sure like you know i went into a shop and they're selling pink today i thought how strange so, no those are for women um yeah yeah it's ridiculous so they you got this thing and what you're doing is you're climbing into, <coughs> you're climbing into, the reason why you say is called Mitzvah Hashem. You look at them and you remember the Mitzvah Hashem. What's the Kesha? What's the Kesha? Why should I remember the Mitzvah Hashem? I'm looking at the strings. So there has to be some remes in the tissues itself to the Mitzvah Hashem. Aha! It's the Gigis! How's it work? The four corners, always, always four. I become first Oretz means the four, limited, the four parameters of the physical world. We're limited by them. We're limited by them. Mitzvahs begin where the physical world ends. The end of the physical world is the corner. That's why the tzitzis have to be on the corner. The tzitz has got two lashonas. Tzitz means to look, matis minachalakim. And tzitz means the yatzet tzitz from last week's parasha. A sprout, a sproutling. It, when, it, when it pierces through, it's actually, it actually says, when, when, the, when the flower bursts out of its bud. It's bursting out. You take the tzitz. And the tzitz says that a person has to grow out of the physical world and extend beyond its parameters. That's the isim, or you saw you use a tzitz, you made tzitz, and you see a tzitz, or as harsim is called mitzvah Hashem. Then you remember the mitzvahs of Hashem. And then you understand that tzitz is where we have tcheles and lavan, then we'd understand an amkus, which is shayn kadug Because tcheles is one color, and lavan is another color. And both those colors represent most powerfully the self. The sense of absolute being is known as a clean self. That's the that's the Atzmesa Adam. There's no quantity it's called Pashtus. He's Poshut. It's being. The sense of being has no quality to it. White has no quality to it. It's a colour itself. It's an eczema colour. A person has got two components in his being. He's got his very being and then he's got his goals. His tachlis, tchelis. Tchelis is where you look into because when you look ahead into the horizon, all the rays, the shortest ray is blue, so you always see blue. So blue represents where you're going to, and white represents where you are. Going without going into the rumors of the five knots, because I. But the Maisa, you see yourself expressed through the tzitzis. You see that our tachlis in Olamazer is to break the boundaries of Olamazer. Go to the extreme and then break forth, because as long as we locked into physical caginess, we do not belong in this world. So that's what the altar said. That, that's why he says meant that the shikulim you make are pitorah. They're not alpich. They're not. They're not. When you decide to do something, you don't. You do not take into consideration the physical world. You take into consideration the spiritual world. Because for us, the physical world is not a player. What happens if someone tells me that? And there are people throughout the ages have said that this mystery is unhealthy for you. So I don't care. It's not okay. Why isn't it okay? Until recently, until recently, until they did extensive studies, and there are certain gadolim that opposed it. There's certain gadolim that smoked till the day they died. Smoked cigarettes, and when asked how could they smoke, studies have shown that smoke is harmful. No studies have been done on to observe and choose. Not because of that, because the person's not. There's a some savior which says, says the Jews got a different tether. Of course, it means if he's living as a Jew. If he's not living as a Jew, so then he becomes subject to the normal type of things. 
So the starting point of Torah is giving up your life. That's not the end point. That's when it begins. Torah begins here, at the ultimate extreme of the physical world. It's not contained within the physical world. And then occasionally you peep out. No! This is where it begins. And extends way, 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 way beyond. Five levels perhaps beyond. Rock the Holy Ghost. Ki Amnam! When you make a decision, your decision should not be based on your own personal desires and what you want. What your desire should be predicated by the Torah itself. Don't rest on your limited, biased mind. To rest on the fact, should I choose it or not? It's clear, and this is a mistake we make. The Torah will not lead you down a broken path. Rabbi the, the Alter Nevadok, he possibly never had anything in his entire life. He, he literally, he had a coat. He had a coat, and he had no money. So he had put his Shabbos coat in his deposit during the week, and then on Erev Shabbos, he had put his weekday coat <laughs> to keep himself sustained. He had no money, he had no money. He was the happiest man in the world. He's happy, happy, he's happy, he's happy, he's happy. He wasn't bogged down by the heaviness of physicality. We know that Kinataivan covered bring a person out of this world. The Torah is the bridge which stops you falling into the sea of life. You have to think within the Torah, not outside of the Torah. Therefore, our entire existence is to fathom what the Torah wants from us in this particular situation. It's not to discuss whether I should or shouldn't do it. I'll do it. The question is not what, but how. Correct, Elliot? It's not what, but how. So we have to know how. We have to know how. We have to know how. The person who's going out and is working in a, in a hectic work environment, the question isn't what, it's how. How can you do it? How can you do it? V'rak az yochel adam la'amay l'skayim b'chayim. And then you can last in life. V'eis shim tzwa ba'atzma ki'en lo'shum negi'a atzmis. When you free yourself of your personal biases. V'yochel hafkir kol neti yosef. And then you can rid yourself of all your inclinations if the Torah chooses otherwise and your focus and your gaze you just try to figure out what does the Torah want in this situation and from his own perspective he doesn't have any connection to the situation where he's in and he can get rid of his entire past and all his habits and all the things that bother him and disturb him he can distance himself from them only then then the Torah can lead him to success if a person has a claim against the Torah the tiny will only ever be on you that you've departed from it it's like a person complaining about the train 
You jump off the train and then you say, I'm upset with the train for not taking to me where I went to go, where I'm meant to go. You have to keep the Torah like a nicer before the Nishma. You have to trust the ways of the Torah. The Torah will not lead you to a place that you'll get hurt. You'll be able to have all the minors, both temporary and eternal. Don't move away from the Torah even a hair's breadth. In every situation, just ask, what does the Torah want from me in this situation? Stop with your stupid egoistic desires. My words. Vimchaya hergel. That's in my stupid. I meant my stupid. That I meant my. Vimchaya hergel shiloi. Shum negia ki az betach sheish b'mila gedolik kifla kiflain. Um, and if there is in your habits some type of bias, so ki az betach. How do what you? Yasig. Okay, I've got yasis. Yasig b'mila gedolik kifla kiflain. Moshe Amar Chazal. As Chazal say. Make for me a small hole the size of an eye of a needle and I will bring in, I will make it a hole that wagons and chariots can get inside. So I don't know if he's going to say it now, but the altar says, this is this Moshe, he says, I don't know, he says, many people, many people, um, they... Many people say, I made myself, well, how hard is it to make a hole small enough to the size of a, a size of a, I have a needle. I haven't done that tshuva. I haven't one done an act of tshuva. So, no? Yeah. It says, you're making a small hole. I'll make a tiny hole, which is the size of the eye of a needle, and I'll expand that. I mean, give me an opening, says Rebbein Sha'olam, and I'll expand that tiny opening that you've made to this gigantic opening. So how come we haven't done tshuva? Sure, we've done, we haven't done that? So the, the altar says, the Pesach you make is like the eye of a needle. There's different times of ways you can make openings. But if uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bowl of water, and I put my fist in the water, I also create an opening. Where my fist is, there's no water, I've created a hole. But when I remove my fist, so the water fills up the hole. I put it in again, the water fills it up. So, granted, we make little holes, but they just get filled up again. Make another hole, it gets filled up. You have to make a hole like the eye of a needle. It's made from iron. It can be a tiny hole, but it has to be a lasting hole. You have to make a change which is tiny, but absolutely with absolute resolve, that you don't budge from it. That's called chutosh, that's the chutosh amachet. Gavaldik apshat, no? Gavaldik. Because once at a, he, all these Bale Musa were together at the altar, he's very makbid that he, he wouldn't have any covered. So he timed it. There's one that they're all speaking about Divay Musa, Divay Turn. They were the great Bale Musa. And then they brought him food. And he goes, Oh, great! They brought him the grace! <laughs> I mean, he didn't say it in those words. But he said, Oh, wow, the food's arrived! And he says, And then he told the story eight years later or something like that. And he said to the Talmud, he says, Until this day, I don't think they figured out that I was doing it just to get rid of my cover. They tuck a thing called the Mushras. There was a man that came to like, he, 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 he abhorred the fact that anyone would call him a Rebbe. He no one was allowed to call him a Rebbe. So once the person that came to, they heard about this great, so they came to look at him. So he saw him coming in the door and he's he eating, I think he's eating a bowl of soup. 
So he knew that the person was coming to look like the great man. So he looked up and went, mm, ah! <laughs> The guy said, oh, okay, I'm sorry, wrong address. <laughs> the feistiness of spirit, the resolve of character. So with a minute you as long as you involved in your own life, so all your all your all your past and your habits they stop you from getting out, they, they stop you, they prevent you from being born. You don't get into the world of Torah, you don't manage it, you don't manage it. And you're so scared, Shema, you like Ayodo. We are scared that if we get deeply involved in Torah and we give ourselves <coughs> over completely, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be hurt. You'll lose what you have. You think that you'll be, have a better Mahalach than the way of the Torah. Both in, in regard to the questions of life and the questions of self-affection. And you think that in the way you've chosen, you're more guaranteed. In your way, you think you'll have better, better understanding of Torah if you put the understanding before the act. So if so, if you're a bechush, in the end you'll know. Not only won't you achieve what you wanted to set out to achieve, and you won't get what you wanted. And it won't satisfy you, and the oitikach mimenu, you'll actually lose it out. Mashiachlai tivkoibana will betray you. Mashiloi alal daitim oilam, in ways that you never thought about. Kamoshikas of a gonzal, as the gon writes, im enato ma oile maala maala, if you don't go up up, this masila gamela Torah, to give yourself over completely to the Torah, ye maize time share, whatever the reason may be. You think you have a better, better way. You think it's more stable. You can't take too many chances. After all, I'm about shiva. <laughs> don't destabilize myself. In my time, as a gufa lo yashich al Hashem, or because the reason is you don't rely on Hashem. Then you put him in nicely before the nishma. That means every other way is in threat of danger. If you don't go above in this way, you'll end up going down, down. Because the, that which stops from going up, that same prevention, that same obstacle will bring you down, down. In today's day, day and age, you can't deal with compromise. We have to have not warm water, but boiling hot. If we don't use boiling hot water, even the warm water will soon grow very, very cold. Kitsa, Jerusalem is an extreme sport. It's extreme, Borgi, it's extreme. There's no, there's no room for moderation. But Rabbi! Wasn't the Rambam moderate? The middle derech? Sure. Sure, the Rambam was moderate. The Rambam says that if you're living in a town where the majority of the people in the town aren't doing like you're meant to be doing, it says like our world then, his world then, meaning that, that world. In that world, the Rambam's world, uh, uh, try to imagine that world compared to our world. That world was a relative paradise compared to our world. So he says what you should do is the moderate Rambam, he said I've got a great idea. Do you know what you should do? Know what? Go to the desert. 
<laughs> and lovely by yourself. <laughs> the Rambam says. The Rambam also. The Rambam was was sure. He has, he has a moderate. That's being called moderate. <laughs> that that's that's moderation. Living with it, uh, that's defeat. Vad and you have to give yourself over to the terrorists to such a great degree. Let's, let's stop and reflect because this is all good. But one has to be very careful that it doesn't just, I have to be very careful, certainly for myself, that it doesn't just transform into rhetoric. It's a very great danger. It's, so when, you, when you're on the giving end, it's, it's marvelous to say this type of music. I'm so amazing, I can sit here and darshan from my belly muscle all day long. And uh, I don't have to live with it because I, I'm, I'm the one, I'm the Bamusa. You have to deal with it. So it's very, it can be very destructive to, to, to me. So how do you deal with this? I've been thinking about how to deal with it. And it's, 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 it's quite a... On the one hand, it seems hard. But on the other hand, it seems a lot more exciting than living the dreary, dull lives that we kind of cut out for ourselves. In this kind of life that the altar is suggesting, every moment has a struggle, but in that struggle there's an energy. Every moment is potentially a pitfall, but with it comes the excitement of a challenge. I honestly believe one of the reasons people are veering towards extreme sports is because we need extremity in our lives. We have to be on the cusp of danger on a regular basis, because that's what makes us alive. The more change there is, the more vitality, the more challenge, the more alert, the more awake we are. If we if we if we if we're we flying through life like a fighter pilot, so then we turned on. It's amazing. Granted, we need to perhaps rest from time to time so we don't get completely overwhelmed. But but then we're involved in life. But if we're sauntering through life like a Californian on the Sydney beach, yeah? I don't know how Californian in Australia would speak, but it'd be something like somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's all no worries. Not exactly how it would turn out. But if you if if you're going through life at that pace, and that's so then your tourist starts to become like a senile old man. You don't remember if you've davened or not. You, you, you dive because davening is not like this major huge event like it's meant to be. Davening is the thing you have to do before you eat in the morning, the thing you have to do before the sun sets, and the thing you have to do before you go to sleep at night. I was once, it was quite funny, I, I, I unfortunately relate to what he said. I was once in South Africa in a store which was selling, don't ask me what I was doing there, doctor's cases. And it was run by Muslims, Indians. In South Africa, the Indians, a lot of them are Muslims. And uh, they were giving out a free luach. Then called the Luach for some strange reason, but I think it was called the Salah Times. So they got their times, all the times when they can daven. Of course, the Luach is fatter than ours because they they got to make room for Musaf and Ilah every day. So I said to the guy when I asked him about Mariv, again it wasn't Mariv. I said, I said, is that he had a time for Mariv? I said, is that is that the only time you can daven, or is that the starting time? So I think they pass in like a brand new time. Judging by when the, the Mu'ezin generally goes 72 minutes after Shkia. So, <laughs> so I said, is that the only time you can daven? I said, I didn't say daven. I said, daven, you know, it's the only time you can daven. <laughs> <laughs> no, is that the only time you can daven? Tell me what the... Oh, 
no, no, is the only time you can daven? So he said, no. He said, uh, he said, he said no, he says you can, that, that's like the starting time. You can daven, you can daven thereafter as well. He said, well, no, but you know, you want to get it off and done with. <laughs> so I said, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the Yeshivish the, the, the expression is, when you finish Mariv, the ultimate state of bliss is opkedavant and parav. Not fleshik, not moshik. You opkedavant, you've got no mariv hanging over your head, and you're parav. You can eat anything you like. <laughs> ah, bliss. So that means you're relating to Torah as an absolute burden that you have to discharge. Discharge my obligation. Boing! Ha! Oh, Baruch Hashem, got rid of that. Thank you, Tati, for letting me finish mariv. <laughs> Once he's the irony. You pray to God for having finished your prayers. Hmm, strange. So, it's a pr- to understand that there's a problem. The problem is when, when a Yiddish cat becomes, becomes um, almost self-defeating. That we live a Yiddish cat where we're struggling with the thing we're struggling with. And it's because, because we, don't, we, we hold back. We don't give ourselves over because who knows what will happen. So we say there's no man's land and we lose out on everything. You can't have called Tanuga Elam Hazer because the halacha restricts you. You can't have Tanuga Elam Haba because you're not into it. So you left living this power of grey dull life. Not Olam Hazen, not Olam Habo, you Whereas if at least you're extreme, as the altar said, Bale Musa, people who look at the Bale Musa from the outside think, no, so I have Olam Habo, but they don't have Olam Hazen. He says, the truth is, he says, on the contrary, the Bale Musa, they have Olam Hazen. Who knows if they have Olam Habo? <laughs> Olam Hazen, they for sure have. Because living that life is charged with excitement and vitality. If you, if you go through, if, you, if you're into Tefillah, you're into Tefillah. But Kach Ivrim, it's a new world. You can suddenly see. Publish Aramim, you're dressed. Matiosurim, you're mobile. Zoikifkafofim, you're upright. And nothing's taken for granted. So you regain your body every day. It's not exciting that if someone said to you, how much, uh, sorry, um, we're selling hunchbacks. No thanks. Okay, we'll. How much we, we're looking for a hunchback in to be a to be a uh, extra in a movie? Um, it just involves a little bit of surgery. You'll be a hunchback for the rest of your life. Um, but well paid, well paid. How much will you give? How much can we pay you to make you into a hunchback? So you always hop into over. So you'll say, uh, we'll give you ten million. I think if you're offered a hundred billion, no person in the right mind would hesitate. Take my chance. So excuse me, when you say my chance, you've just made a hundred billion dollars. And you don't feel good? Forget about sight. I'm making it to the gava. I told you this before, that there's a person over here. Making it to the gava, which means you can walk. People take it totally for granted. Not going into Oliver Sacks' awakenings where there's, there's mental conditions where a person's brain short circuits and you just can't move. I told you there's a man that's in this area. He takes two steps forward and then he gets stuck. It's not a physical ailment, it's a mental ailment. He can't, he can't move, he gets stuck, he doesn't know what... So, so you see him walking, you see him like this. And then we say, Hamashim, he's like, What was that? What was that? What was that? What was that? I understand. So, we, of course, so we're not in Torah. We're not in Torah. We, we say these brachas with the right shackle, the right intonation, and we come out and we, 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 we poor. We poor Torah people. We don't use, we've got this incredible apparatus which we just sell down the river, and then we say, I don't know why my children are so dry. Why would you 
our learning is pathetic. We don't think. We don't even put ourselves in the Gemara. Our brachas are pathetic. Our tefillahs are pathetic. And the chesed, no, no, chesed, yeah, chesed there. But do we give ourselves up for chesed? Once a person went to Rabbi Yezel's house and they saw that the daughter's bedroom had been taken off. And then they walked inside his bedroom and they saw him sleeping on the door and the brachas sleeping in his bed. <laughs> what do you mean? Chesed. Every day you give him the cushion. You give him the bed. How many of you Okay, Bochem, not doesn't count. But I don't know how quick I'd be to move out of my bedroom when a guest comes. We look at it and we say, well, this is the way we look at it. Someone says to you, you've got a guest room. Is the guest room better or worse than the, ma- than the master bedroom? Hey? Worse. So then you say, what happened with Cain and Abel? Oh, Cain and Abel, what? Well, yes! So this Bala boss, sitting at the Shabbos table, he's just put his guest in a room, a quarter, his guest, couple, in a room, the quarter size of his, he's got a bedroom on, so he's got Gavaldi, he's put his bed in the little side room, and he thinks he's a big tzaddik, and he's sitting there dancing Cain and Abel. Do you know what the problem with Cain was? No, what was the problem with Cain? He didn't give his best to the Creator. <laughs> oh, what did he give? He gave the dregs. What a Russia! Is there an air conditioner in our room? No! It's in my room. <laughs> we usually do the same thing, brother. <laughs> Why didn't you say, oh gosh, I should swap? No, no, no it's a Bible story. <laughs> it's a good for a Sabbath table, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, know, we, we understand. We don't live by the Torah, we're not into it, and then we say, oh, Torah is so boring, our lives are meaningless. Of course it is, of course it is, because we're not using what we've been given. Okay, sorry boys, sorry. We, have to, we have to think. Practical, practical application. I'll give you a practical thing, which can last you for a lifetime. Tomorrow morning, before you say Pekech simple exercise. Take off your glasses, if you're blessed with them. Close your eyes. And before you say the Bracha Pekech sit there with your eyes closed and see the darkness. And think what it would be like if you never had the power of sight. And think about the fact that you wouldn't be able to see the faces of those that love you and that you love. And you wouldn't be able to see a gorgeous sunset or a page of Gomorrah. You wouldn't be able to negotiate the subtle expressions of the person standing opposite you or stumble, walk down the road without falling over something. And then think about that, and then think about that, and walk, and walk. And then say, And then you look around, and you see shape, and you see color, and you see depth, and you see form. And you think, <gasps> 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 <gasps>